Okay, I've got a question. What do a bratty social media influencer, her chronically bored fiancé, and a tender-hearted tree-lighting tradition have in common? Well, somehow, believe it or not, they are all key plot points in 2023's You'll tie the knot. We've got a lot to talk about, Josh. We do, Jennifer. We'll unwrap it all on this episode of Do You Watch What I Watch? If you like holiday movies from the classics and newbies, let's sit down and watch then have a talk with Jennifer and Josh. Sit down and watch then have a talk with Jennifer and Josh. It's back to up. TV for this episode as our march to Christmas continues, Jennifer. That's right. We've got our snow boots on. We're trudging along. But first <laughs> things first, help us grow our podcast. Listen, if you tune out right now, don't. We need you. We need your five-star reviews and ratings. We would love nothing more. Connect with us on socials. We're happy to talk to you about what you're watching, what we should be watching, what we've watched, etc. Everything you need to know is at doyouwatchwhatiwatch.com. We should start putting little Easter eggs in that tidbit to make sure people are listening and they don't just fast forward. I love that idea. We'll think about that for sure. Mm. All right, let's get started. Here is the plot summary for You'll Tide the Knot again. This one is a brand new movie out on Yup TV. Yup TV. Yup TV. I mean, uh, TV. <laughs> yup. Yup TV. <laughs> they just say yup all the time. Yup, 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 yup. Anyway, Yup TV, You'll Tide the Knot. Here we go. Small town wedding planner Rachel is planning her biggest Christmas wedding for an influencer couple. She's thrown a surprise when the bride's manager turns out to be none other than Logan, her first love and her high school sweetheart, her one that got away. Let's go. We open to some soaring shots of an absolute winter wonderland. It's a place in a rural community, a mountain town by the name of Pineview. And we meet a busy wedding planner going to town on the final details at a wedding barn. She's kind of dancing around the room because she's so carefree, you know, and because the house band is sound checking a jazzy Christmas tune that goes on and on and on and maybe just a tad too long. She's there with her two sisters and they toast a job well done as we finally figure out what this movie is called. (laughs) (laughs) I love this opening sequence energy though. They were really like, it was peppy. I was like, okay, here we go. I'm feeling it. They wanted you to know that they are carefree and having fun and loving it. Uh I was sold a bill of goods is I think what happened. I know. Maybe this (laughs) Miss this much too long, though, however. Yeah. Anyway, it's Thanksgiving, we come to find out, and our female lead, her name is Rachel, she's hanging out with her really cute family. She notices there's an extra spot at the dining room table for Thanksgiving, and oops, the doorbell rings. Dad's there with a gigantic platter of bread and a new girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out mom passed away, and the three sisters were all adopted over dinner. They reminisce about Christmas traditions, and Rachel absolutely loses it when Dad suggests they carry on their mom's popular town tradition, which involves lighting a Christmas tree, singing songs she wrote the whole nine yards. The sisters talk Rachel off the ledge, and she decides to go off to apologize for ruining Thanksgiving dinner. But the sisters knew about it. 
Yes, the sisters did know about it. And they knew she would freak out about it. So instead of giving her a heads up, they let the, uh, not spill the beans, spill the bread platter at Thanksgiving dinner. That was our solution. Maybe they thought she'd hold it together better in front of everybody, but she didn't. Right, exactly. Because we all know that the best time to drop paralyzing family news is right in the middle of a gigantic family celebration. (laughs) Yeah. Cheers to that. Exactly. Rachel's going through some old stuff and she finds a memory box of old pictures, including a picture of a guy named Logan Reynolds. She keeps getting this unknown caller call interrupting her trip down memory lane. She finally decides to answer the phone and it turns out it's this bridezilla named Susan, who is an influencer, who is demanding a wedding in Pineview that she is to coordinate in 27 days, as in... On Christmas. Susan is from Go a lot. She's wearing a lot. Yeah. She's wearing a huge necklace that reads angelic, which is the exact kind of necklace that you have to wear when you are not angelic. (laughs) (laughs) And Susan keeps referencing her manager. The fiance is bored beyond belief. Like literally. The actor that they hired to play Susan's fiance does this the whole movie. Josh is looking down and ha- his eyes are rolling in the back of his head. I didn't really know what his face looked like. I couldn't pick him up a lineup because they have him. His phone is in front literally of him like this. Busy like texting or playing Sudoku <laughs> or something on his phone the whole time. Something. Like chatting other babes. I don't know what he was oh, doing, but he, was... he could not be bothered to care about any of it. He didn't care weird. less. I don't anyway, think he uttered one word. Is that so they didn't have to pay him? I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. No. They didn't have to pay him. Anyway, it's time for a cake tasting. Caroline, Rachel's sister, is the baker in town, and she's setting things up. A guy struts in, and what do you know? It's Logan, Susan's manager, and, of course, Rachel's you know former beau from high school. He offers a handshake, which says a lot about where things are right now. Susan says they'll be working together, Rachel and Logan, so that should be perfect. And it's clear where all of this is going. We are decorating cookies a little bit later, and the sisters unpack why it didn't work out between Rachel and Logan. They hear piano playing. Hmm, wonder what's happening. And it's Rachel's niece, who is this really cute child actor, this really cute girl. She's learning to play a cute song that their mother wrote about Christmas and family and tradition and warmth and all of the things. We get a cute sing-along, which might have changed my opinion, Jennifer, on the sound of children singing. Hmm. Might. I literally wrote, the sing-along bit is sweet, but Josh, is another. <laughs> it's another child singing. How do we feel? <laughs> you know, if I you, immediately thought of you. Listeners, you will know if you're a loyal listener that I am not usually one for the sound of children singing. This, however... <laughs> this, however, was actually kind of sweet especially given the fact that the song had such meaning to the family. So I will overlook that it was a child singing it. There you go. It's just such a weird hill to die on that, you, I know. that you don't like the child singing. It's, it's funny. It, it is who I am. <laughs> Maybe you're reformed now. This movie has changed you. It it's be. like you're the Grinch <laughs> and your heart. My heart has sizes. grown three sizes. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, this moment is quite adorable to all everyone involved, including me, but Rachel is still pretty conflicted and still pretty sad about everything. 
she's not singing along. She's she still salty. What are we doing? Mm-mm. Yeah. 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 The next day, they ventured downtown where Susan announces that she and her fiance are going to leave Pineview for some dumb social media opportunity that I couldn't care less about. To be honest, I'm kind of glad that they're leaving. <laughs> but now Rachel and Logan are left having to plan the whole wedding. We get stops to the florist and the town's formal wear sales lady, Melissa Peterman, by the way. Thank you, heaven. Is absolutely, who is absolutely hilarious in this role. And they we are not worthy. Right. They both, the florist and Melissa Peterman, confuse Logan for the groom and Rachel for the bride. And this is a fun little montage, albeit very kind of cliche tropey. We could see where this was going to go, but I was still sort of here for this montage that yeah. was kind of funny. Yes. Hey, cliches can be comfortable. Yes. It's that hanging on a wall. Cliches can be comfortable. Cliches can be comfortable. New, mer- new merch coming in 2020. New merch coming soon. <laughs> How's that for an oopsie doodle? <laughs> anyway, as you would expect, if they're going to go to a formal wear shop, Rachel puts on a wedding dress and he has a tux on. So here we go. They look like a million bucks, and she stumbles in her heels right into his arms, and the tension, the romantic tension between these two is palpable, or at least they want you to believe it's palpable. Melissa <laughs> Melissa, teasingly says she's going to, quote, go turn down the thermostat because it's getting a little warm in here. She's so funny. She Golly. And I have to believe half of the stuff she says is just her riffing and ablibbing. I, I think they just let her you know. go. They've got to just yeah. let her go, and it's that funny. <laughs> she's got good facial expressions, too. I just, she's a scene stealer. Trust me. Oh, Logan, yeah, for sure. Logan and Rachel chat over coffee a little bit later. So we get some of his backstory about how he wound up with someone so awful as Susan is. Rachel's niece. And her grandfather, so Rachel's dad, go off to buy a Christmas tree at the local farm, which is, of course, owned by Logan's parents. Yes. So Rachel's dad hurts his back in the process. Uh Uh-oh. So Logan. Another dad hurting his back. We just had this with Daddykins and Christmas with a kiss. And now there's another dad on the line. And there's a dead dad to all the good night. The dads can't catch a break this season. Not this season. No, it's like a bingo card. Dad with crisis. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. We should do a bingo card for season three, by the way. That should, would be a fun yeah. thing. Yeah. Anyway, so dad hurts his back in the process of the whole Christmas tree thing. So Logan, of course, steps up the plate to help. They get the tree home and Logan is super eager to help set up the tree with Rachel and her family because he has nothing better to do, I suppose. Cue a Christmas tree montage. Later that night, the niece falls asleep. Rachel kisses her goodnight, and then she discovers Logan strumming the guitar by the tree, and we get a fireside sing-along to another original song about Christmas. It's like everyone in this small town knows all these special little songs that Rachel's mom apparently wrote back in the day. I guess she must have had a book out, but in this scene, the fire crackle audio was so (laughs) loud. Like... I mean, okay, so you're having these, you know, oh, we're going to sing, we're falling in love. It's like, like, so distracting. 
Jennifer, they were just trying to bring you into the ambiance of the moment. It was terrifying. I was like, I'm going to get singed by being so close to this fire. Anywho, they sing with quite perfect harmony, I thought. And I've got to wonder, Jennifer, what did you think of all of the original songs that we were getting in this one? Well, <laughs> they all went, they were all too They long. were, I mean, they were songs. <laughs> they were there. They were, I didn't, I couldn't tell you what the song was. I was tuning out. I mean, I, they were singing bad. The first one with the little girl singing and the sisters, I liked that. I thought that was cute. This song didn't care for, but they all went on too long. Like, are we in a musical, a full blown musical, or are we kind in a wrong conversation? Maybe kind of felt that way. It was, it was an interesting choice I did not see coming. So we go to commercial break here because there's this romantic tension, and Rachel's all of a sudden like, I got to get you home. We got to. He's, she basically yeah. is like, I can't do this anymore. Got to get you. Home. The vibes are too real for Rachel. The vibes are too real. So they go to commercial break and we're back from commercial break. And all of a sudden, Rachel is changing a flat tire. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. A, a bit sudden. I thought I fast forwarded one of the segments. Like, we missed ah, a scene. Rewind. I was like, no. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. Nope. Here we are. Anyway, it leads to a heart to heart about what happened with them and their relationship. She confesses her love for him and admits to breaking his heart. So this is a lot a lot on the side of the road. He says he's not come back to Pineview because it hurts too much. Oof. It's a tender scene, but I write in my notes, this scene lasts a long time. Like, <laughs> let's pick up the pace here, folks. Let's move it You're along. You're on the side of the road. Get back in your car. Honestly, that is not safe. Middle of the night, dead of winter. You're not no. wearing reflective gear. Quit it. Nary. Nary a high-vis vest here. <laughs> anyway... They're finally back at Logan's house. His folks are insistent on having Coco to catch up with Rachel, even though she's like, no thanks. Oh boy. I've been in all of my fields for far too long. I need to get get away from all of this. Yeah. Later, she's off to her sister's house to boo-hoo about having feelings for him. She realizes she can't handle losing people she loves, and she's hesitant to go down this path again because she's worried he's going to go away again. So she pushes him away big time. When they show up for more wedding planning the next day, she's basically like, I'll just do it myself. You go do this. I'll do this. She's like not having it all of a sudden with him. Anyway, Logan, very confused because they had this whole thing by the side of the road with the flat tire, a moment of connection. It felt like things were moving. And all of a sudden she's like pumping the brakes big time. Logan is suddenly bummed about all of this, especially when scrolling through pics of their wedding dress try on day. So is Rachel, but her dad's girlfriend has some nice things to say about Rachel's mother. So things might be improving there. We're at the rehearsal dinner. Susan has some butterflies. Rachel looks like a million bucks in her little red dress. Logan thanks the crowd for being there, then invites everyone outside for the tree lighting, Rachel's mom's tree lighting, and Rachel feels some sort of way about it. Convinced Logan did all of it for the photo opportunity. So, of course, Rachel was adamantly opposed that they not do the big tree lighting, but Logan goes ahead and does it anyway as a gesture to her and the family. She thinks you're only doing it for social media because it's Susan's rehearsal dinner, Blah, blah, blah. He lovingly. Yeah, go ahead. Again, the sisters knew about this. Yeah. And they're like, she'll be okay. She'll be, surely she'll be okay with it. Once it starts, she'll be fine. And again, this is the second time this week we've had somebody grieving, not wanting to do a tradition. 
and everybody freaking out about it. Now, in To All a Good Night, Kimberly Sussed's character came around to let's do it and persevere. Rachel did not want this, and they are nope. forcing it upon her. And guys, you can decorate a tree at your own house. Like, she should not have to do this. No. <laughs> she didn't, if she wasn't ready. Not in such a public setting, especially. Jeez a whiz. He lovingly, even though she's mad, he calls her on it publicly in front of everybody, telling her she's got to feel her feels. Uh, uh. Anyway. Dude, you've been back in my life for, uh, what, a week or two? A literal minute. Maybe, a literal maybe minute. three weeks if they were planning the thing the whole time of December. But step back. Take several seats, sir. I will grieve <laughs> at my own pace. And in that type of emotion, she bolts off to the barn to brush her horse and finds her mother's songbook. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What? It's true, but just when you were growing up, did you ever think one day you'd be on a podcast and then you'd have to talk about things like she runs off to the barn to brush her horse? No, <laughs> no. Silly. This scene is so silly because she runs off to brush her horse and she finds her mother's prized songbook stashed in the tack box, which is like it's so dirty. If you've ever been to a horse bar and a tack box is the dirtiest place and you would never put something <laughs> as precious as that in there. But for some reason, it's hiding. In you need to laminate that thing. Please. Honestly. Digitize it. Honestly. <laughs> her dad talks some sense into her. Rachel has a big change of heart and they stage an idyllic, impromptu and perfectly harmonic sing along. Like it just all came together in the span of apparently like 45 minutes and it was just this brilliant moment with everybody but i had to love that it was like the sisters and all the people in the family singing and the the husbands of the sisters were like nodding along because they didn't quite know the words to the song so that their <laughs> well, mother-in-law the had written. been in the barn the whole time <laughs> exactly they're all just they doing that thing words if they wanted to it's like when you're it's like when you're sitting at church and they decide to do a new song and you're doing that thing where you're like <laughs> and you just try to pick up on the words as it goes. Yeah. Even when they have this words on the screen at my church, I'm still like, ah, the melody can be a little weird if it's new. Yeah. So yeah. I've heard somewhere if you just mouth the word watermelon, it's supposed to kind of make enough enunciations and forms that it looks like you're really yeah. imbibing yeah. and that you're in the moment. I don't know if that's accurate or not. But that's or if you're heard. like me during worship, you get a little bit overconfident in your knowledge of the song and you jump to the bridge when they're not quite ready to jump to the bridge and you start like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You, you gotta you gotta tone it down. You gotta read the room. Read the room. Story of my life there. Anyway, <laughs> back to the movie. And it's Christmas. Everybody is <sighs> celebrating. Rachel's a new woman. She makes amends to Beverly, the girlfriend of her dad. Susan shows up to town and whoa, she called off the wedding. Huh? She just decided she's not going to do it. She had her own change of heart after seeing the real love moment that Logan and Rachel had at the rehearsal dinner last night. Susan gifts Rachel the veil that Susan saw Rachel eyeing at the store, which I thought was kind of a sweet moment. And the fiance <laughs> never says a word in this entire thing. <laughs> it's so great. You can see his like eyebrows and upper cornea. That's all you can see. Because yeah, that's literally all we got. Logan shows up to the wedding venue. He says home isn't a place. It's wherever she is. Okay. 
they kiss. And because there's a venue and food and everything they need for a wedding, dot, 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 her sister and <laughs> her fiance <laughs> tie the knot, which I was like, huh? Oh. And fate. No, I'm glad though. <laughs> no, I am too. I am too. I thought it would have been Logan. Yeah, you're right. I was so mad. I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, the sister has been talking about they're engaged, like, and just trying to figure out a good time to get married because they were always making cakes for other people's weddings. So yeah. that made sense. I so, thank God they did that. We did get a wedding, but it was not Rachel and Logan's. And presumably they're off to, you know, figure it all out and maybe get married someday. Okay, it is time for our gold or coal segment where we each bring three gifts. I don't know why I sounded so country segment in that line, but here we are. <laughs> if there's more gold, it's a wedding for the ages. If it's more coal, it's a jilted bride. And if it's a tie, it's just a merry Christmas. Josh, coming to you first. I'm going to give some gold. I thought the ending of this one for me was particularly satisfying. I did like that there was some resolution across the board to Rachel's storyline with her dad and the dad's girlfriend. They had this nice tender moment where, you know, the girlfriend hand wrote some things for the wedding to help kind of get it to the finish line. I thought that was sweet. And and I did sort of buy that they reconciled their past, Logan and Rachel, and were were willing to sort of assess what it meant for them as a couple moving forward. And I like, as we said, that it didn't sort of automatically jump to them getting married. So gold for me. Going to have to give some coal. Uh, <laughs> Shocking. For a network that on their commercials um, say that they are the most uplifting place for movies on television this movie was not uplifting at all i thought it was a tinge depressing like it was just it just dragged on and i'm even more upset about it because the opening sequence was so jolly and peppy and i was like oh this is a lot of energy and then all of the energy went out of the movie when that new girlfriend showed up with the roles at thanksgiving and we never got it back i just thought it was dreadful dreadfully drudging was that bad? No. No, I can mm. see some of that. Yeah. I'm going to give a little bit of coal as well. I thought that this movie was pretty predictable, right? Mm. Mm -hmm. You could kind of see where it was going to go. There wasn't a whole lot of intrigue to it. You could... You could tell they were sort of priming the pump for her to have to get to this place where the Christmas tree thing was going to be able to happen. And she was going to have to process all of this grief and all this other business. You sort of saw where it was going from go. And I kind of wanted there to be a little bit more surprise or a little bit more interest for me. Yeah. Um, I will give some gold, and I would say I liked the sister relationships. It kind of gave me Little Women vibes, like... I didn't like that the sisters kept hiding things from Rachel, but I liked when the sisters were together and chatting. Um, I thought they were they had some really cute chemistry there, so I would give them gold. Okay. Some gold for me. I did like, and I see your point about it not necessarily being uplifting, but I did appreciate the plot line of Rachel's grief throughout the entire thing, mm -hmm. where she really had to sort of feel the feels of, 
anger. We saw her feeling that. We saw her feeling sad. We saw her feeling disillusionment and confusion. <laughs> kind of all of the things that go textbook. With, textbook. Yeah. All of the things that went with grief. Like it was not one dimensional. And I do appreciate mm -hmm. that that there was some depth to that as a subplot for her. What's my last thing? She's contemplating everybody. I am because I had what I was going to say. I hadn't. Um, okay. Yeah. Cole, too much singing. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. It The singing was, it went on too long every time. I liked the singing bits, like especially with the mom's songs with the tree lighting. I thought that could have been really sweet. It just went on too long where it was uncomfortable for me. Yeah, especially for a movie that doesn't have a soundtrack associated with it. Like, I get it. If if you're doing The Greatest Showman and there's going to be, like, a soundtrack yeah. that you can go find on Spotify. but we're, Or if no it was on, like, CMT or, like, one of these other music networks and they're doing a Christmas movie, BET, yeah. any of them, that would make more sense. But the, it's, it's no one's going to Spotify it. to look for the soundtrack to Yuletide the Knot. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> Unless Melissa Peterman was singing, then, I, then you know what? Another bonus, Cole, not enough Melissa Peterman wanted more. <laughs> oh, <laughs> such a hoot. Every time she's on screen that you're right, like she steals the scenes. Nobody else stands a chance. Exactly. So. Bottom line on this one, scores three gold, three coal. We're going to call it a meh re-Christmas. Not great, not awful, just kind of in the middle. Middle of the road, right? I can agree with that. I right. forgot about this movie as soon as I was done watching it. <laughs> but not an awful one, right? Not as bad no, as it wasn't Ladies bad. of the 80s. Like, it had a decent story to it, but it, you're right. Not one that I would ever want to watch again, necessarily. Don't or... you dare talk about Ladies of the 80s again to me. <laughs> still bitter. Still bitter. Still bitter. <laughs> And that, friends, is another episode of Do You Watch What I Watch? Special thanks to Nick Schwartz for writing our theme song. And, of course, to you for taking the time to listen and watch our podcast. Hey, if you like what we're doing on the podcast, be sure to review, subscribe, and tell a friend. We're on Facebook and Instagram, so give us a follow there. Leave a comment. You can also connect with us on our website at doyouwatchwhatiwatch.com. Next time, we're back to Hallmark Channel to recap and review Sealed with a List. And here's the plot summary. This holiday season, Festive Carly sets out to conquer her list of abandoned resolutions from last year. Aided by co-worker Wyatt, she finds love and the confidence to chase her dreams. We will have much to discuss, and until then... May your days be merry and bright. We'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.